0: Listening to petliferadio.com.
1: The O Behave Show is sponsored by Benefo Brand Dog Food. Play It's Good For You. It's OBEHAVE with Arden Moore, This show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces, their perfectly pampered pets, and who's walking who in Renton, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails, garner great pet tips, and have a doggone fur flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your O Behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore.
2: Welcome to the O Behave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Okay, ladies, it's time to bring out the lipstick and get a grip a grip on your dog's leash that is you know when it comes for caring for quote man's best friend the statistics are quite clear in three out of four American households the dog care duties are done by women so are you feeling a little frustrated are you worried that you're turning into the B word when it comes to trying to maintain sanity in your canine household well first I want all of you to inhale deeply and exhale okay We've got the ideal ally for you on today's show. She doesn't wear a superhero's cape. That's because she doesn't need one. Her power comes from within. She's known as the dog talk diva. I want all of you to give pause and applause to our very special guest, dog trainer, Camilla Gray Nelson. Welcome to the show, Camilla.
0: Oh, thanks for having me. It's a
2: pleasure. All right. You know, Camilla just unleashed a very powerful new book. I love the title. Lipstick and the Leash, Dog Training a Woman's Way. It's an instructional guide for women who have out-of-control canines. And you know what? There's plenty of top dogs in the pet world. They're just yapping about how good your book is, Camilla. And uh, I'm going to yap about it, too, on this show. And I also want you all to know that Camilla has created a line of Dog Talk Diva products. She uh, gave everybody a sneak peek at the recent Global Pet Expo. And you know what, folks? Camilla is here for you ladies and all you men securing your manhood who are frustrated by their dogs and she's going to share some very savvy strategies right after we take this commercial break so everybody please sit and stay we'll be right back
1: time for a pause for furry ones actually sit and stay all behave we'll be right back
0: hi i'm dana humphrey the founder of White Gate pr
1: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Obehave is back with more tail wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host America's pet educator Arden Moore.
2: Welcome back to the Obehave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host Arden Moore. My special guest today is Camilla Gray Nelson. You know her. She's an accomplished dog trainer. She's the author of a new book Lipstick and the Leash, Dog Training, A Woman's Way, and she answers to the nickname Dog Talk Diva. Now, Dog Talk Diva is just one of her three cool websites that I all want you to write down right now. We've got DogTalkDiva.com, dairydell.com, and my personal favorite, LipstickAndTheLeash.com. You know, I'm really glad you're here, Camilla, and can you hear the cries of help from women all over America
0: who just need to rein in their dogs?
2: Help,
0: Camilla, help! It's amazing. You know, 24 years I've been a dog trainer and a behavior consultant, and it it didn't take me long to realize that the demographics of who was walking in my door, wringing their hands, and frustrated, it was women. And it became sort of the gorilla in the room. Nobody's talking about why women statistically have greater problems with their dogs than men, but that's what I'm finding in my 24 years of dog training.
2: I think you've hit a major, major, let's get that gorilla out of the cage and and thump its chest because I'm
0: serious. I agree with you.
2: I see powerful women who are just like having their dogs, like I call it purse my ride. The dogs are in their purses. They never touch the ground. It's okay, baby. It's okay. It's okay.
0: Oh, my gosh. No wonder the little four-pound chihuahua runs the household. It's correct. And and my particular background, which makes me uniquely qualified to do this and has made me successful with these women and their dogs over the years, is that I was raised not in a big city, not in the suburbs. I was raised in the middle of nowhere on a dairy farm. And my best friends growing up had four legs, not two. I was raised with animals, not pets. So I became fluent the language of animals and understanding why an animal will choose to obey one person or another animal and ignore the other. And women not understanding the dog language and the dog culture try to do the right thing, but they're really doing all the wrong things. You know, you touched on a
2: really smart thing. I love that. And in fact, folks, her book is dedicated to her animal mentors. I love these Piggy the Cow, Nellie the Dog, and Classy the Horse. So, you know, you touched on the fact that you were raised with animals, not pets. And I think Piggy the Cow, love the name, by the way, really, <laughs> really had an influence on you. So, can you give us a little backstory on Piggy the Cow? Piggy the Cow,
0: my most important mentor, when I was five, six, seven years old. My best friend on the farm was Piggy, one of my father's dairy cows. And she was fat, hence the name Piggy. (laughs) But what I learned from Piggy was the true nature of power and influence in the animal world. It was only later as I grew up that I realized, you know, we're all in the animal world together. We just walk on two legs, not four, but we're all animals. Piggy showed me that she could get anything she wanted, and rise to the top of the social strata of that dairy herd. And I never saw that cow fight. I never saw her lose her cool or her temper. She just strode around with this confidence. She was so confident while all the other cows run away from me in a skittish flurry. she just stand there. She's too cool to be skittish. <laughs> I hopped on. I rode her course, she knew where every low-hanging branch on the farm was, so I didn't stay on long. <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> <But> that's <laughs> cow humor. <laughs> it is cow humor, absolutely. And I just learned so much from her about the power of focus, the fact that when you are powerful, it comes from an inner strength and confidence. When all the other heifers would run to the hay at feeding time, Piggy sauntered. Why rush? She was going to get all she wanted anyway.
2: Nice, nice. Now, what about Classy the Horse?
0: Classy the Horse is a more recent mentor. Uh, I have three horses, and um, years ago when he was a young man, he lived in a herd of three, all boys, by the way. Everyone that didn't know horses very well thought my pinto horse, Rico, was the boss because he was the one baring his teeth and charging at the people who would come to the gate and and turning around and squealing and making these kicking motions and these threatening motions. Oh no, oh no, Rico was absolutely the imposter. He was the bully on the play yard. You know, the, the little boy that doesn't have a lot of confidence, so they overcompensate with these displays. Classy was over in the corner just looking going, knock yourselves out, <laughs> knock yourselves out, kids. And nobody bothered him when he strode up to have a bite of grass in, this, in a, a prime knoll or wandered his grain. Classy had it all figured out. And curiously, I still use Classy to put little children on who don't know how to ride, and I don't uh-huh. even have to hold the reins.
2: That is a very secure, confident horse
0: powerful message, profound message. I just use dog training as my vehicle as, as we're, you know, getting to this point, the vehicle for a message of what is power and what is weakness between us animals. The vehicle was dog training, but this goes far beyond, far beyond children, husbands, coworkers.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to be, like, uh, helping relationships all over the planet with two, three, and four legs. Absolutely. I hope That's so. awesome.
0: <laughs> well, let's talk
2: about some people that really like what you're doing. John Provost, Timmy, he's one of the folks that has done a shout-out in your book. He's been on our show, and he does some um, shows on Pet Life Radio. And it brings me to a point in your book, and I don't want everybody – I'm not going to give away all the secrets to lipstick and the <laughs> leash, folks. In fact, well, let's talk right now. You are giving away – an autograph copy of Lipstick and the Leash, correct? I am indeed. I can't wait to do so. Woohoo! And we're going to let everybody know about it on the Ardenmore Nose Pets e-newsletter where we put the link to the show so we get everybody to dash over to the O'Behave show on your special episode and we really appreciate that. I think this is an awesome book and I really do think more and more people need to do it. But speaking of John Provost and, you know, folks, we know he was Timmy in the show Lassie. In fact, with my little dog Chipper, I always say, Chipper, Chipper, go find Lassie. She (laughs) fell in the well. There is a Lassie syndrome and you bust a lot of myths. So let's check
0: under Lassie's hood and tell us one of the big myths. You know, television and movies, God bless them. Don't we love them for entertainment? But That's what they are. They're entertainment. They don't make their money by educating. They make their money by entertaining us. Everybody wants to believe that dogs are furry, benign, altruistic, that they really would save us if we fell in the well. But the truth is something quite different. Dogs are animals. They're wonderful We share so many emotions that we can become quite close, quite linked, joined at the hips sometimes it feels like emotionally. But they are indeed animals. They are not benign. These are animals that are predatory hunters that were domesticated and used by early man because of these fierce and awesome powers that they have. So we are living with an animal that has the ability to cause injury as well as friendship. So that's one of those myths, that dogs will obey us if we just give them enough love and security. No, they obey leaders, that they will grow out of bad behavior. I love to say, well, yes, they do. When they get about 10 or 11 and they're too arthritic to run away, then they're pretty good by then, but not because Uh they want to be. So even though we love Lassie and all the the modern-day dog characters on TV, and I'm, I'm not belittling them or anything, I want people to understand that entertainment is entertainment and reality is reality. Know who you live with. It will keep you safer as well as make you more effective in
2: communication. That sounds good. Now, I also liked in your book, you got some praise from some pretty uh, powerful broads in the world. And one of them, I just enjoyed this. Jan Wall is a very, very tough movie critic. And she confessed to you in your book, Lipstick and the Leash, she's powerless to her pooches. And I love this statement she wrote. As a movie critic, I'm strong-willed, opinionated, and not afraid to speak my mind. But I was a failure with my dogs. Camilla is the first person who has zeroed in on the real reasons why I could not get my precious dogs to do what I ask. The advice in this book changed my life. I think if you did a movie, I think you're going to get some good movie reviews from a Jan Wall now.
0: Yeah, no kidding. She really is a fan. And here was Jan's issue. Number one, she looked at dogs again as a helpless little creature and she needed to do everything for them she needed to answer their every whim. She babied them. She accommodated them. She smothered them with affection. However, Jan also is being a really strong woman, has emotional extremes. She's a fiery gal. And when the dogs did not respond to her, she would talk louder, get angry, threatening and punitive, not in a mean kind of way, but, you know, that explosive emotional extreme, which makes her so fun as a television character. You know, she's, you know exactly how Jan feels about things. But dogs, she displayed the two emotional extremes that I talk about in my chapter on women's kryptonite.
2: Oh, yeah. We're going to get to that. I love that section. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So she displayed both extremes. Fawning excessive love and, you know, and accommodation and frustrated anger, both of which you would never see in Piggy the cow, Classy the horse or Nelly the dog, because those were true animal leaders who did not, they were not slaves to their emotions.
2: Wow. Yes, we do have a pet kryptonite and we're going to talk more with Camilla after we take this commercial break. We're speaking again with Camilla Gray Nelson. She is the author of Lipstick in the Leash, Dog Training a Woman's Way. I want you all to go to her website, Dog Talk Diva, and we've got more to chat with her. We're going to feel very empowered by the end of this show. So everybody sit and stay. We'll be right back.
1: Time for a walk on the red carpet of course. All behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Begging to hear more of your favorite show. Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to petliferadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also dig us up in iHeartRadio and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com. Pet hey everybody, I'm
0: Rachel Ray, and you're listening to OB Have with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio.
1: We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to OBHE. Here's Arden.
2: Welcome back to the OBH show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host Arden Moore. We have Camilla Gray Nelson in the house. Well, actually she's in a hotel room somewhere and I'm here in California and my producers here in Florida. I love technology, but we're talking to her about how to get a rein on our crazy pets, particularly our dogs and part of it is at the other end of the leash, us. It's how we present ourselves and how we convey our emotions. And I know this is geared toward women, and I should whip out my lipstick right now so I can put it on so we can talk about it properly. But you have a thing in there about body language where you say in your book, your lips say no, but your eyes say yes. Do we kind of unintentionally give conflicting signals to our dogs?
0: We do give conflicting signals to our dog, but it's important to know that dogs are nonverbal. Dogs' primary language is body language. That's how they convey everything to each other. And because that is their primary language, there are many subtleties. You know, as in the English language, there's little subtleties in tonality and inflection. They do the same thing in body language. So subtle that most people don't even see the conversation going on from their dog to another dog. And certainly they don't realize, what they are communicating quite unintentionally to their dog who is reading their body language before they ever listen to their lips. And by the way, dogs don't speak English. Well, let's first go with the
2: scenario of dog to dog. I've got Chipper and Cleo in my house, a big dog and a little dog. They get along, I'm thinking, quite well. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the ways that a dog to another dog in the same household chat?
0: Which of the two do you think carries more weight and power in their social relationship? Which of uh, the two do Chipper's a
2: 60-pound golden retriever, Husky, uh, about nine years old, and Cleo is about an eight-year-old Bichon miniature poodle, meta, whatever, Benji-looking 12-pounder. Definitely, I would say Chipper. She's quieter. Cleo's always lip-licking Chipper's face and follows her wherever she goes. So a lot of times people make the assumption that the little dog rules, but Chipper doesn't need to, when she barks, I listen because she doesn't bark much. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. It just depends. Nature makes all different personalities. The more dominant of the two dogs, depending on how you know, there's a there's a scale. Um, not all dogs are way on the scale of being confident and dominant, but they are more confident than their companion or their housemate. But generally speaking, the more dominant dog is going to be a little calmer. Right. The more dominant dog is not going to be highly reactive. Necessarily, but they are going to play their boss card when they need to. <laughs> I love they that. They don't always pull rank. So people looking at dogs, seeing one dog, you know, jumping on the other, stealing its toy or whatever, they're going to assume, oh, that dog's the boss. Mm-hmm. Well, just hold on a minute, you know, when it really matters, and the dominant dog needs to sort of reestablish the fact that I'm driving. Okay, I'm, I'm actually driving this bus, not you. That's when they'll do a little something, a subtle something. It might be the look of an eye, it might be a little curl of a lip, a little growl, a little body position, a little, a little standing tall and putting their head over the other dog. Those are all signals. Those are symbolic gestures from the more dominant dog that says, I am in charge. Rarely will you see a fight break out? Because nature strives for harmony and nature uses these subtle body cues to avoid a conflict. Dogs are great at symbolism, symbolic gestures of greater power. That's how dogs stay in harmony with each other and they avoid big conflicts. What I find in the home with with dogs and humans is that humans don't understand the value of controlling the little things. Freedom in the dog world, the whole animal world if you really look at it, freedom is status and the top dogs will control many, many little things. Many little freedoms will be blocked or prevented so that they don't have a big thing later on and when people fail to control the little things in their dog's life thinking it doesn't matter. Oh, it matters greatly. So give us some specifics. Yeah, give us some
2: specifics. Okay.
0: For example, so the only dog in their world that's able to have anything, do anything, go anywhere Mm -hmm. is the top dog. So what do people do with their dogs, especially when they leave? But even when they're home, the dog can go in any room they choose, have any toy they want, go anywhere, do anything, have anything. When we do that, when we give our dog that much freedom, because we do it out, especially women, we do it out of love. We think it's a sign of love. The dog is reading that as, oh, she's acknowledging me as the king or as the queen. <laughs> and once you do that, the dog is less likely to obey because dogs follow leaders. They ignore subordinates. That's part of their survival mechanism. As important. So that's very so reign in the freedoms, let more rules, not less, ironically is gonna make your dog love you more. Women culturally have been so trained to give and accommodate and you know, subjugate their own selves to the others as a sign of love. Well, in the dog world, it's not a sign of love, it's a sign of subordination. Ironically, your dog will love you more. The less freedom you give them.
2: Right. And you also talk about the P word. You're not talking about punishing the dog. You're just trying to establish consistency and rules of the home. Boundaries. Right. Boundaries. Boundaries.
0: The first step in getting what you want is deciding what you want. <laughs> you know, you know, I credit that to Ben Stein. He's also in the book. So
2: okay.
0: that's true. You have to decide what you want and then make a rule. Don't Women tend to be afraid to set boundaries. This was Jan Wall's situation. I'm afraid they won't love me.
2: Right. Okay. Good. That's a good. T- Let's go with that because I know a lot of personal friends who will remain nameless. I love you guys, but they're like, "Oh, I don't do <laughs> you know this who you way, are." <laughs> you know, he or she is just not going to love me anymore. I, I work a lot, and I want my dog to just treat me like a rock star. And they don't sound like that. I just thought it's radio, and I should sound in a funny voice. But seriously, help us, the people that are saying my dog just won't love me if I set down rules and boundaries.
0: What a dog doesn't love is weakness. Nature abhors weakness. Nature loves strength. Nature doesn't love a bully, but she loves strength and power because that's the survival of the species, and that's what creates, actually, peace and harmony, is a clear ladder of who does what. So when the irony is love from a dog, in my experience, that look of love in a dog's eyes is like hero worship they're literally looking up to you in awe and admiration. You do not get that by accommodating their every whim. You will actually be dismissed by your dog if you are too giving, too accommodating, putting yourself in a servant role. Dogs are drawn to power, true calm power. The irony is the more you limit your dog's freedom and make rules and standards that you require the dog to meet, then the more they love you, follow you, adore you. That's the irony. Yeah, I
2: think it's interesting. I'm, I have a great friend now. I can talk about this case. We help each other out with pet sitting. And she has this cute little Pomeranian chihuahua mix named Bear. I call him the caramel Bullet Pencil Legs and have you know many other names for him. He's about nine pounds. And he comes to visit me. And he used to, when people would ring the doorbell, he would scream so loudly that the wax has already popped out in the neighbors down the street from their ears. And when I come in now, I just hold my hand up like a stop sign. I don't say a word. I just look at Bear. And all of a sudden, he finds the mute button. And I've had my friend, Deline, nice lady. She listens to the show. Hey, Deline, you got to admit, Bear Man has found the mute button. And I never had to say a word. So I guess I'm doing the lipstick and the leash manner way, right? Camilla?
0: You are. You are displaying natural leadership, that calmness, that not fussing or arguing about, just saying, sweetheart, this is the way it's going to be. Like a really good school teacher.
2: Yes, I think, and you were talking about how this can spread into the two leggers in our lives, too. Um, You might be saving some marriages here, maybe.
0: Well, The original subtitle of my book, just so you know, was not Dog Training a Woman's Way. My publisher made me do that. Okay. It was A Woman's Guide to Getting What You Want from Your Dog and Your Life.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: This is about, truly, how to have the upper hand in a relationship with another animal. And when we realize that humans and dogs are all part of the animal kingdom. We have simply evolved to a point where we walk on two legs, not four. But we are animals, and as human beings, we react viscerally before we ever engage our intellect. And that visceral reaction is our animal instinct.
2: Yep. Well, you put in, you have a lot of quotes from a very powerful woman, Margaret Thatcher. I love the one you you cited. I am extraordinarily patient, provided I get my own
0: way in the end. That's, pretty, that's a powerful statement. I love that. And most women, we have the ability to be persistent. God knows if our husband doesn't mow the lawn, we're on him like white on rice for months. But we don't pull out that skill from our skill set often enough with our dogs. Your power is not in how loudly you ask for something or demand it. Your power is the result. Do you get what you want? Don't give up until you get it. And sometimes I will out wait a dog for 10 or 15 minutes as I'm waiting for that dog to lie down if I happen to be working on a down command. And I'll just stand there and I'll just wait, 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 wait. I'm not going anywhere, buddy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not going anywhere until you do that. So I just say, follow through on everything you ask for. If you are not in a position to follow through, don't ask.
2: Oh, there you go. Well, all right, so I can just see you in the in the kitchen or whatever and you're doing a little you're saying down to the dog. Now I'm assuming you're not wanting them to say down, 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 down. I mean I say people say the word sit about three hundred times. What's the danger in that? Well
0: then if you haven't hit the three hundredth time the dog's <laughs> the dog's just waiting. And the dog dog are a little
2: calculator you a little bit you know, okay.
0: bit well, of they can get the general idea. They realize that. You don't mean what you say. Say it once. Have a plan for follow through. If I'm sitting in a bathtub and I want my dog to sit, I'm not telling him to sit unless I'm prepared to get up and walk, (laughs) freezing, wet, dripping wet across the room to follow through. Why would I do that? It's not an emergency. Mm -hmm. I save those, I pick my battles. I don't like the word battle. I probably should have used a different word. Pick your words. time. It, it, or, it creates yeah. A, I, yeah, I pick, you know, I pick the hill I want to die on. <laughs> you know, I just say, okay, <laughs> we're, we're not going to go there. Yeah. yeah. I want the dog to at least have the impression of me that every time I utter a request, by golly, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's how you developed quiet power. And most of my dog training, honestly, is done in this tone of voice or a whisper. And good. Then good. Then the dog realizes, I don't care how softly she says it, it's going to happen. So,
2: yeah. Yeah, And so I respect
0: got, her because she's calm. So
2: you've got the confident, calm tone, and you've got the whisper. But the mm-hmm. whisper isn't, you're not sounding like Marilyn Monroe. You're not being sexy to your dog.
0: doesn't matter. Whatever, However you <laughs> say it, really, whatever signal you give, as long as you follow through mm-hmm. with enforcement, that will be your power tone.
2: Okay. Well, I love mm-hmm. it. I mean... We are speaking with Camilla Gray Nelson. She is the author of *Lipstick and the Leash: Dog Training a Woman's Way*. And as we mentioned, all of you have to sign up for the Ardenmore Nose Pets E newsletter. Zillions of you already have because she's kind enough that she's going to autograph the book, and we'll be giving it away next month when we post the episode to this show in the newsletter. And I, I do appreciate that. So I wanted to touch on a little bit. Dog Talk Diva, how'd
0: you get that nickname? Love it. <laughs> well, it just sort of happened. Dog talk is what I call the language of dogs, and that has become my, my special language. I understand dog talk, and long ago, I traded in my dungarees for designer jeans, so I'm sort of diva-ish, yes. and the divas, we like things our way, you know, that's sort of the mark of a diva, but I'm a dog talk diva, so I just thought it rolled off the tongue ever so
2: well. And before we go, I do need the people to dash over to your different sites. You've got Dog Talk Diva. You've got the Lipstick and the Leash site. And let's touch upon what you and your husband, Kurt, have, the DairyDell.com.
0: DairyDell Canine Doggy Dude Ranch and Training Center is my beautiful facility in Northern California. I'm a California girl, too. You see, I just happen to be on book tour here. And so my family's dairy farm when that passed to me, I did not want to milk cows. My expertise was in dogs. So I switched from cows to canines. It's still on the farm, hence we call the ranch Dairydale, Dairy Dell Dairy Del Canine. We do boarding, daycare, but our primary flagship service is dog training in all its forms. Board and train, personal trainers, classes, and we focus on voice control and help for women.
2: I like that. And you even have a private dog park there too, correct?
0: We are the only kennel that I know of, certainly in California, maybe even the country, that has its own private dog park. Yes. Two acres, fenced, foxtail free, and when you live in California that's an important <laughs> that's an important fact. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yes. And it's divided because of my dog behavior background, it's divided into four separate play fields. Because not all dogs are going to socialize well with other dogs.
2: Well, tell us about that because, you know, everybody gets into the lazy habit of let's have a section of the dog park for big dogs. Let's have a section of the dog park for little dogs. But, you know, I see some big old dogs that get run over by the young whippersnappers at the big dog park section or others that just want to, they're quiet and others are wanting to play
0: ball. So how do you, how do you separate your well, dog park? Dogs are like us, you know. I don't get along as well with some as I do with others. And you, you sort of seek your your simpaticos, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just divide it so that the humpers and jumpers all play together. That's cute. And, and the quiet and laid back, maybe the little shy dogs play in another section. And then there's a center section where it can just be used as needed. But humpers and jumpers go together well, doesn't matter the size of the dog, some dogs aren't going to like being jumped on. Mm -hmm. So I don't separate by breed, but I separate by play style and preference that way. I think it's only fair. We're not so different dogs than us.
2: No, I I agree, because back to Chipper, Chipper adores little bear man, but does not like another little chihuahua mix in our neighborhood. They're both the same size. I think it's because the other dog has fleas and doesn't smell well, and so I just don't push it. I'm like, sorry, Chipper doesn't like your dog. We're just walking on the other side of the sidewalk, but loves the little bear man. But that's a good example I guess of, we can't just judge a dog by their size.
0: No, and what you said there, I just don't push it. How mm-hmm. smart are you? You're a savvy dog woman than Arden, because dogs don't go to therapy and change. <laughs> <laughs> they are who they are. Right. They're, they are who they are. And a dog that's not super social with dogs they aren't familiar with. You can't socialize that out of them.
2: No, That's how they're
0: made. And so, like, I didn't like it when my parents forced me to go to certain parties with certain groups of kids because, you know, I really wasn't a party girl. I didn't like those kids. Can't make me like those kids. Stop forcing me. I like these kids over here and I'd rather be with my friends and my family. That's just the way it is. And our job, I believe, as our dog's caretaker is to understand what does our dog need? What makes our dog feel safe and secure and happy? That's what we give them. Don't force them to be the dog of your dreams if they're not displaying some of the things you you would like in a dog. They are who they are. You can't change your husband and you can't change your dog.
2: That's very well put. Wow, that's
0: a good way to wrap this up. I am really happy,
2: Camilla, you could be on our show. We've had Camilla Gray Nelson. Guys, get the book, Lipstick and the Leash, Dog Training a Woman's Way. You also have unleashed some new dog gear products, and you can learn about that on Dog Talk Diva, and I believe what, lipstickandtheleash.com. All roads lead to the you, TV. I thought you're like so <laughs> organized. All three of your websites have a different look, but they're so easy to navigate. And I was like bouncing from one to the other and so great. it was it was really well done. I am delighted you could be on our show again. We're gonna be giving away one of the autographed copies of the lipstick on the leash. You'll get more details on the Ardenmore Nose Pets e Newsletter coming out next month. Camilla, have a great time on your book tour. I think you're bringing sanity to homes all over America, and I give you a big pause up for that.
0: Thank you so much, Art. It's been my pleasure.
2: And I also want to uh, thank uh, Mark Winter, my producer. He makes this show happen each and every week. You guys got to dash over to PetLifeRadio.com. We've got lots of great posts and shows. Until next time, this is your flea-free host, Art and Moore, delivering just two words to all you two-, three-, and four-leggers out there.
1: This is the place for a special paparazzi treat, only on PetLifeRadio.com.